What's up, guys? It's David Rosenberg here with another episode of the Other Wrestling Dave's Podcast. I'm here with Dustin Whitehead. Dustin, what's going on? It's been a crazy past couple days. A lot of highs, a lot of lows, and I'm, I'm doing okay right now. So, looking forward to recording this podcast. Yeah, it's been, uh, a, we'll say, an eventful weekend. Uh, obviously, I think the biggest news, if you somehow haven't heard, Kobe Bryant tragically passed away in a helicopter crash. I think there were a total of uh, nine fatalities in the accident including his daughter Gigi Gianna Bryant who was 13 years old Uh, we lost both of them on Sunday and everything when that news broke everything was kind of a blur Uh, we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of all that but we have to talk about it I mean it it was the biggest news of the weekend Royal Rumble wrestling everything else aside uh, Kobe Bryant tragically lost at age 41 Dustin, do you have any good, great memories that you that like? What you know? How have you reacted to all of this? It affected me more than I thought it would. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bill Simmons, and he said it uh, that this is the saddest day in NBA history since Magic had HIV. Yeah. And everyone thought back then, everyone thought Magic was going to die within a year. Turns out everything's great, and he's still here. But this is the saddest I can remember. I mean. I loved to hate Kobe, mm-hmm. and I respected him, and he gave you all these emotions from, like I said, love, hate, anger, respect. It's just tough, you know, because when you grow up and you're our age, 23, you know, and basically all our life, all we've known for basketball and sports, the name Kobe being being Bryant is... Uh, been at the top of the list of athletes that we've got to watch and to see all these coaches emotions like right now in sports center i'm watching the yukon coach who gino Ariano. kobe's daughter yes who uh uh kobe's daughter verbally committed to going to college to play basketball already yeah and... she wanted to go to she wanted to go to yukon and i mean god it's willing she would have made it 
got you're damn right and it's and what makes me sad the most is i truly believe kobe's next 41 years of life would have been better than his previous and it sounds crazy to say but the dude was had so much going for him at his company he uh shit maybe his daughter would made the WNBA and he would have been like the sparks basketball coach who knows but i feel like he would have been done something in basketball eventually after a hiatus of some sorts and Another, actually, the thing that makes me the most saddest of all is that we don't get to hear his Hall of Fame speech, which would have been happening this upcoming summer. And it's just a kick in the balls. It really is because it's the, arguably the greatest Hall of Fame class that we've ever seen of Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Kobe Bryant. It's just, it just sucks. Yeah, the uh, sucks is the perfect word for it. Uh, Kobe... Kobe was a god to a lot of people, uh, whether you liked him or hated him or were a Lakers or Celtics fan, or in our case, we're both Pistons fans. Uh, I'm going to get digress into a little bit of a story. Uh, the first time I watched basketball was in 2004. Um, okay. It was, it, it was you know, you, you know this. Maybe some of our listeners know it as well. Yeah. It was the Pistons – for you know only championship season since the back-to-back 89-90 bad boys teams uh ben wallace rasheed wallace chauncey billups rip hamilton tayshaun prince Tayshaun jason jason maxiel i think uh no <laughs> antonio mcdice uh maybe that's what i'm thinking of. i think he was the year after yeah, yeah. okay so anyways that it's era the bench. <laughs> that that era of basketball um yes sir. but that was yeah. the that was the first time i watched it and i i, I remember I remember watching the playoffs that year, and okay. I feel like they played the Nets or something like that. And like, mind you, okay, this is 2004, so I, I was born in 1996, so I'm I'm eight years old. Uh, I'm sitting on the couch with my grandpa, and they're playing the Nets, and Jason Kidd's on the Nets, and Jason Kidd's shooting a free throw, and um, <laughs> and my my grandpa goes, "Miss it, fucker," and I'm eight, so I'm like, "Oh, we can curse when we watch sports." So I repeated it and said, miss it, fucker, um, which is, you know, probably Don't why I got that, in dude. trouble when I was in kindergarten for saying fuck. But whatever. Uh, th- that was my first year watching basketball. And um, I probably would not be a basketball fan as much as I am or a Pistons fan as much as I am if it weren't for that magical run they had against the 04 Lakers. Uh, if you'll remember, you know? I think they were just coming off. Uh, like a, they were either going for the three peat or they had just no. They won the two thousand through two thousand two. Yeah. Then the Spurs won in 03 yeah. and then they formed a super team team with Carl, Gary Payton, Kobe, and uh, another person I can't remember. And uh, anyways, and they they were basically guaranteed to win the title, but then Shaq and Kobe hate each other. So thank you. Yeah. So the 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 Pistons the Pistons won that and um. The reason it felt so big wasn't because like people weren't saying that the Pistons won. The Pistons won. How great are the Pistons? It was the Pistons beat Kobe. How did they beat Kobe? Uh, and in that moment, uh, you know, I called him a god earlier, and he really, to me, from that moment, he transcended everything around him. He was bigger than the game. He was bigger than basketball. He was bigger than the Lakers. He was bigger than Los Angeles. Uh, he was bigger than anyone could imagine. He was the star yeah. of all stars. He was he was LeBron before he was LeBron, and he was Jordan after he was Jordan. Uh, he was yeah. a bridge. He 
he was, I for me, everything you want in a basketball player. Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to get took... into where I am on my uh, personal all-time rankings, but you said your story, and I it brought one back to my mind because when I was younger, I'm not here to tell personal stories or whatever, but I had a brain tumor, and I don't really remember much before, like 2007, right? And I got into sports, and I was at my grandparents, and they had on basketball, and it was the Eastern Conference Finals in 2008, and it was the Celtics-Pistons, and I didn't know anything. And I'm like, cool. And then, you know, the next game comes on, and it's the Western Conference Finals, and there's Kobe. And then eventually, you know, I get to watch that 2008 Finals, I get to see this machine (laughs) for, like, the first time, just taking, taking it in, you know, and just... Do I like this guy? Do I hate him? You know, and you develop your sports fandom. And I I chose to not like him because the Celtics won. And I, I hate the Celtics now because I understand history. And it's, I don't know, it's just ironic, you know, looking back at the 80s and all that. But it was, it was a real, it was a real saddest day in the history of sports that I can remember. And, that's how I feel. Maybe it's a hot take. I don't think it is. Uh, it's definitely yeah. not. Um, yeah, Kobe. Kobe did. Kobe did a lot. He won over a lot of people. And that, uh, you know, 08, 09 or whatever year it was that they won the finals against the Celtics. I know they battled back and forth with the Celtics for it felt like like four years. That was you know the Paul Pierce big three era things like that. I mean, every phase of Kobe's career and like you said after his career, he was incredible. So let's talk all these pay-per-views that have been on over the past weekend. We had NWA Hard Times. We had NXT Worlds Collide. And obviously, the Royal Rumble. I know that's something a lot of people want to hear about, so we'll get to that as soon as possible. And I'll post the timestamps and the uh, notes so that you guys can skip ahead if that's something that you guys like to do. And, of course, we'll talk about Raw, which just happened. It's like 1130. We just got done watching Raw. Some really good stuff, some really bad stuff. But let's start at the beginning with... NWA Hard Times, you watched this show, I think you watched it after the fact, I watched it live, uh, lots of things, TV title tournament, uh, we had Aldis and Flip Gordon, Allison Kay, and uh, Thunder Rosa, uh, you know, what did you like from this, Let's, we're not going to go through the whole card, but what, you know, are there any standout moments that you enjoyed, because I feel like a lot of people didn't get a chance to watch this show, and they probably should have, it, it didn't feel bad. Yeah, uh, I like the concept of the 6.05 time limit. Yeah, me too. I kind of I wish that they pushed it closer to like the time limit a couple times or like once, but whatever, get, get in, get out, get over. It was good. Um, I thought the women's match was really solid, a solid 20-minute women's match. I enjoyed that. Um, I mean, the tag uh, title match was all right. I mean, I always like James Storm, Eli Drake, solid. I know you were a big fan of uh, Aldis and Flip, right? Yeah, I thought Aldis and Flip was really good. Um, it was fun. It was just like, I mean, obviously Flip, like there's Flips, um, but Aldis is kind of that more like traditional NWA style. I love him as champion there. So I thought that he, uh, you know, helped carry Flip Gordon because not that Flip is like super green or anything, but he, uh, you know, he has his, he, he has his like moments where it's like, okay, what do I do? And all this carried him through that. I thought the match was really fun, really good. 
uh, it closed, or it didn't close because uh, Trevor Murdoch ended up uh, beating, or I'm sorry, losing to uh, what's his name, Ricky Starks. Uh, in the, yeah, the major. Yeah, I, I did not expect Ricky Starks mm-hmm. to win, uh, but he's going to be, I guess, who we're going to see a lot on NWA Power. I don't know how much you watch that, uh, but this TV championship mm-hmm. obviously is giving us something to uh, care about uh, week to week, not just on the pay per views. Yeah, when he beat uh, Tim Storm, I kind of figured that he had a solid chance of winning in the finals, mm-hmm. but I still didn't completely buy it just because he's kind of unknowns. But he looked good and he looked solid and uh, came off bigger than like I thought he was. You know, he performed well. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop him and if if they're able to keep him as one of their own. And you mentioned it earlier, Eli Drake and the Cowboy James Storm defeated the NWA World Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. And the wild cards were also uh, in that match, Royce Isaac and Tom Latimer uh, with Camille and Mae Valentine. So, How do you feel about that? What was that? How did you feel about the wild cards? I, You know, they were good. Um, I thought that like oh, for a lot of the match that the Rock and Roll Express was like, out you know which you got to hide them they're a little you know they're older i didn't i I was i was a little surprised that they lost because i don't know i just felt like maybe they were something what was that i'm sorry i just said i I don't like how they sold like they're in wheelchairs yeah yeah it's uh you know the rock and roll express like this day and age it's it's hard because they've got the nostalgia pop which we're all familiar with but it's like such (laughs) a heavy nostalgia pop that it's like you get a little worried while they're doing uh, spots and the Canadian destroyer thing doesn't always look so realistic to me. Um, but I like them. I think it's nice that they were the NWA world tag team champions, uh, and Eli Drake and James storm, uh, both of them can cut a promo and both of them can wrestle. So I- I'm very happy, uh, with that title change. And I think a lot can be done with those two at the helm of the tag team division, at least for now. Yeah. Um... I don't really, I'm not really familiar with the other tag teams they have, so hopefully they can develop some more and keep that going. I know a lot of people enjoy that uh, NWA Power Show, so we'll see how that progresses. And you mentioned that you liked the uh, the women's match. It went about like 20 or so minutes. Thunder Rosa defeated NWA Women's Champion AK-47 Allison K to become the new NWA Women's Champion. So that was exciting, and, uh, you know, like we said, all this retained, and Ricky Starks beat Trevor Murdoch to become the, uh, am I missing a championship match? Oh, Scott Steiner and Aaron Scott, Stevens. That, that well, was a really shit show. Story. That was bad, dude. I, it looks, was really bad. He's so goddamn, like, stiffened out at this point, dude, like, he can't even move. I've seen Scott <laughs> Steiner wrestle, like, five or six times in person over the last, like, two or three years. And he's never looked that bad. But the minute I saw him, like, with the shaved head, I was like, uh, you look old. And I couldn't shake any of that for the rest of the match. I was just going to say he looked 65. Like he was about to get his all-timers check or whatever the hell it is. So that about wraps up the NWA show. I don't know if there's much more that you want to comment on it, but it was a pretty good show. I think you guys should check it out. Uh, definitely check out that Flip Gordon and Nick Aldis match. Uh, definitely just like if you can skip through it and check out all of the promos, the promos are fantastic. Uh, and parts of that uh, television title thing is really good too. Moving on to Worlds Collide. 
I thought this show was excellent. It's your traditional NXT show. Five five matches, not five hours, two and a half hours. Um, There was a little snafu in the main event, so let's talk about that first. Alexander Wolfe took a kick to the chin and was knocked out cold. Uh, So Imperium basically worked three on four against Undisputed Era. What was your reaction when 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 Wolf went out? Just unfortunate because of uh, his time previously with Sanity and never really getting that push that, that he deserved. And then he's got this big opportunity for NXT TakeOver main event, and then it's over within minutes. So just unfortunate. I didn't know if... Like, I really thought, okay, Imperium's 100% losing uh, after this. So... When Walter made that massive comeback and started just murdering everyone with chops at the end, I was shocked. Um, so I, I thought this finish was actually really cool. Uh, Imperium went over Undisputed Era, so I don't know what that means for the future. But uh, I thought it was a banger of a match. I thought it was like, it's everything we've asked for, right, for the past couple of months. We've got two four-man stables. I know one of them worked with three, but we've got two four-man stables. Adam Cole, Walter at the top of both. I mean... This feels like it delivered on every aspect. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, it gave me everything I wanted. I mean, just the overall match, like, I really thought who stood out the most for me was uh, Marcel Barthel. Mm-hmm. I hope I said that right, but he really stood out as someone I wasn't super familiar with, but I've seen in the past. And the past couple of weeks, over the past month at NXT, he's looked really good when they've had matches, so... I'm looking forward to him and Fabian Eichner as a tag team to see how far they can go and develop, and maybe they'll stay with Walter all the way through if it works itself for him. I'm not sure about Alexander Wolf. He just seems, whenever he has this opportunity, he got hurt or, you know, sanity or he flops, so it's, it's tough with him. Maybe he stays with him as well. Yeah, there's a lot of things to work out, and uh, I'd like to see what Walter does moving forward. I, I like him with Imperium, but I think at the end of the day, he's better as a singles guy. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see, uh, if they ever one bring him to like a raw or SmackDown. I know there's lots of talk that he wants to stay, uh, in Austria or near where his family is, or, uh, you know, at home, he wants to stay across the pond at the the very least. Um, so we'll have to see what he does, but I I would love Walter to, uh, do anything. I was just going to toss in some things about the undisputed era, because I kind of feel like they might be losing all the gold going, uh forward so well they've already lost one piece yeah exactly so i have a feeling like after the night after wrestlemania kind of that they might be debuting or i'm a smackdown but it'll be interesting to see where they go with that because they are a key piece of nxt doesn't need to be said so i'm kind of thinking like adam cole's gonna like i don't know who he faces in portland besides champa it's kind of tough to pick anyone besides champa even velveteen dream I don't see it, but if he's healthy, maybe he can make it work. I would take it. So let's talk about this women's match. Rhea Ripley defeated Tony Storm to retain the NXT Women's Championship. I really felt like this thing, it wasn't bad, but it was not good either. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they have so much potential working together that we've seen that I feel like this is one of their worst matches that they've had together, but it was still good. It just wasn't great or anything it felt like the crowd wasn't really there like uh, something took him out of it i I don't really know 
why that would be the case. I, I mean, uh, uh, DIY and Mustache Mountain went before them, so maybe they were just tired after that. But I really thought that yeah, this like had potential to be a great match, and it just was not. Yeah, I could see the the theory you just tossed out about the tag match taking it out. But I kind of felt like the tag match kind of held it back too, even though it was really good. I feel like they they held some stuff back as well, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, Ripley, she's a beast. I mean, Tony, she's been doing well, good as well. So I mean, we'll see what happens with the both of them. But what's going to be going on? Do you think uh, Tony goes to NXT US full time? I, she should. You know, I think that uh, they're really. It feels like. She's the exact kind of person that Vince McMahon would love to push on Raw or SmackDown. So I, I don't really know why she's not there. Uh, and the more time that goes by, it feels like the more time that's being wasted with her. Uh, not that she's like not incredible in NXT UK, uh, but you want as many eyes on a talent like that as possible. She's, uh, she's an attractive woman. She can talk really well on the mic most of the time. I think some of the pro- scripted promos they give her are a little weird. Um, and she's great in ring, like you said. Uh, and this Rhea Ripley match, they've worked together before. They're both from Australia, so I, no doubt they know each other. Uh, it, it just should have been better than it was, and, and it was a real uh, disappointment, and I hate to say that because both Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm are fantastic, but uh, it's just, you know, she should be at the top of the women's division, and she's not really. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with Tony Storm, but I, I'd love to see her in NXT US full time, get some meaningful rivalries and move her up like SummerSlam or something like that. You know what I mean? Wow. That's quick. Yeah. Do you, you th- because the match was only 10 minutes, they took away from it because they're kind of like their best matches are normally longer. You mm-hmm. think that could have been an issue? Yeah, no. T- timing. Uh... <laughs> Like, it was just a blah match, you know, which is bad in my eyes mm-hmm. for those two because they're supposed to be good, as I keep repeating and saying. But I really don't know what went wrong. It could have been timing issue. It could have been, you know, they got the death spot or whatever it was. But I mm-hmm. just sometimes things don't click in this business, and, and I feel like that's okay. You know, I, I don't think any less of them as, as wrestlers. We all know who they are, and they're both great. It was just disappointing. Uh, so, you know, yeah. that's that. But one thing that was not disappointing, at least in my opinion, was this DIY and Mustache Mountain match. Right. I love the comedy at the beginning of it. I love the seriousness in the middle of it. And I love the story all throughout it. So it was good shit, pal. So DIY went over Mustache Mountain. Would you have gone with that or would you have booked it differently? Because <laughs> this is one of those dream matches that never really, like... It, you know, I don't think it's happened before. If it has, has it happened before? No. So this was so. this was the first time that we got like a dream match or something like that. And I feel like it could have gone either way. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, giving DIY the win isn't like the worst thing in the world. And and they put it, you know, they kind of they put him over at the end. But uh, like Tyler Bate is just someone I'm so so high He's on. Great. Yeah, and Johnny Gargano and, T- and Tommaso Ciampa. They're fine. You know what I mean? Like, they're really, really good. But everyone knows them that watch this show. And there's maybe a couple people who don't know who Tyler Bate is or Trent Seven. I feel like right. this was the chance to really Tyler Bate to the moon. But I understand why they didn't do that. No, like I said, overall, it was just like it was a, what you want a tag match. They had the false finishes. They had the the comedy, funny stuff in the beginning. Like, they got serious. You know, Champa was selling his neck and it's like oh god please don't do that again and <laughs> you know they didn't they, they gave us everything they wanted but they held back just a tiny bit because like 
because if they do this match again, they can just step it up and they don't have to top the five-star match. You know, they can go to the five-star match if that's what they so choose to do. For sure. Uh, yeah, so really not a lot to complain about that match, just for time's sake, because we have so much to cover this week. I feel like I'm going to skip over uh, any more that I would say about that, but I love that one, and I feel like you guys should go watch it. It's a little slow to start, you know, they kind of bask in the, uh, you know, the aura of the building, you know, that's just like, oh, we're doing this, we're finally doing this, so it's a little slow, but it gets, you know, it it really is, I thought, was a really good match by the end of it. And another really good match, at least in my opinion, was Jordan Devlin beating Angel Garza, Isaiah Scott, and Travis Banks to win the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, so Jordan Devlin, uh, that's two big matches in a row now. Uh, he's not Mr. NXT yet, but he's becoming, uh, you know, must-see TV, I feel like, whenever he's doing a pay-per-view match. Yeah, like he was... A- trained by a guy that we'll talk about in a minute, Finn Balor, but uh, he absolutely killed it in this match, and I was did not expect him to win it at all, so for that to happen is yeah. just really cool. Urza hasn't had a title defense yet, so that was like something that I was not expecting, so like, like I think you on the prediction show picked uh, Swerve, maybe? So I, like, yeah, I did. Thought he had a better Travis Banks is just a good baby face, so but this kid has the most potential, I would say, in this match. Uh, De- Jordan Devlin, just character work and work rate. I mean, I do like Isaiah Scott, but I would pick Jordan Devlin as the best in this match. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I at least in that specific match, I thought Devlin was the best. I, I do think Swerve is, is really, really good. I've seen him a bunch of times live, so maybe I have a little bit of a bias there. Um, Same. So, I, you know, he, I just think that he's really talented and he's getting back to where he was, especially when he was doing things like Lucha Underground. Uh, he's just like a really special talent. So I feel like Isaiah Scott is going to do some really big things. But right now, uh, Jordan Devlin is probably the guy to beat. He was definitely the best in that match. He was the most impressive, and I'm happy he took home uh, the win. But I'm also upset that Angel Garza lost because, like you said, I think it was his first title defense, uh, and it just did, you know, it didn't work out for him. And, and that's okay, but he's super over. When he takes off his pants, everyone cheers. Uh, I just feel like there's something you could do something with this guy. And I don't know, like, you know, I don't know why they gave him the belt just to take it off him. Because he proposed. That's what it felt like to me. Remember, he proposed to his girlfriend yeah, with his family there and everything? I don't think you, I, I don't think so. I don't think you give someone the title just because they're going to propose. This is a television business. This is not like... No, 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 I get it. I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't shock me if they're like, yeah, we're going to take off Leo Rush anyways. We'll just do this. And maybe he's just a placeholder. Maybe... Maybe we'll keep him on, keep it on him, but he's probably just a placeholder. But you know, this moment will be worth it for our TV show. Yeah, well, my big question is, what do they do now that uh, Jordan Devlin is the champion? Because he's been in NXT UK, right? So does the Cruiserweight yeah. Championship go to NXT UK? Is it on, you know, recorded Thursday show or whatever? Whenever NXT UK airs, I, I honestly don't watch it. Uh, I sometimes binge yeah. it after the fact, but I don't watch too much of it except for the pay per views. Uh, but you know what do they do with Jordan Devlin? Is he does he come over to NXT? Does he what? what? I would like him to stay in NXT UK. I like yeah. that idea because NXT already has all the belts, so it couldn't hurt. They have a bunch of smaller athletic wrestlers in NXT UK. You could what send about guys over to Live? that recording. Well, you can do that as well. I mean, you can bring over that. That's what it is. You can bring over the NXT UK guys to 205 Live as well and kind of just combine it 
You know? That's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Like, I think it would be good. I mean, look at just look at Travis Banks. Like, you have him in the 205. He could face off against some of the other guys that got in that show. So, I'm all for it. It makes sense if they want to spread out the belts. I mean, NXT was getting a little belt heavy. So, yeah, I like the idea of 205 Live guys going to uh, NXT UK. Uh, that seems like a really smart one because let's face it, uh, there's and no point. Versa. There's no point in 205 Live, right? Like people don't mm-hmm. stay after SmackDown to watch it. People don't. Uh, I think they tape it at NXT now. People don't really want to do that. You know, they're about their NXT people. Uh, people go to SmackDown to watch SmackDown. So uh, you put the the 205 Live guys on NXT UK. One, it's a taping. So like you just get it done and then they can go back to their lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Like that's a good point you brought up about getting back to their lives because, uh, what was it? I seen a story about Jazzy Gabbard or whatever who Mm -hmm. they signed and she had so much free time that she basically just quit the business and got all these other interests going. So they don't want that to happen too much, but overall I, I like the point that you made and it makes sense. And then the first match on the card was Finn Balor beating Ilya Dragunov. I like Ilya Dragunov a lot. I think a lot of people got exposed to him, as I did, uh, with that match against Cesaro at the last NXT uh, UK TakeOver show. Uh, That was a real good match. Uh, Ilya seems like he has a bright future, great facials. I think that's one of his, uh, you know, best, like, redeeming qualities is that he really shows it on his face. Um, Of course, Finn Balor uh, rarely does anything wrong. He's, He's a superstar. He's great at wrestling. He's great on the mic. He's a great character. He's a great babyface. He's a great heel. Uh, there's not a lot that he can do wrong. And if you're a guy like Ilya Dragunov and you get to have a match to open the show with Finn Balor, uh, you know, it, it it's good. So I, I thought this was a good match. I thought it wasn't great, but I thought it was, like, perfect to open a show. I don't like when they open a show with the hottest thing in the world and they put on a five-star match. Uh, to open, and then they go like, oh, three-star, 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 and then five-star to close. I, I think that's stupid. You like the New Japan style, where they build it up. I call that wrestling, but sure. Um, yeah, no, I, well, I, I'd like to be... A, it is known as the New Japan style, though. I mean, they do, like, the tag matches, and then they do the singles, and they do the better, you know? I mean, they Yeah, no, I'd like, the, I'd, like the, I'd like to get warmed up, you know what I mean? I like to be winding yeah. down. Before I get fucked, the last, like, the last match should be the pinnacle (laughs) like you know what i mean the last match like speaking of getting fucked you want some breaking news sure uh pro wrestling sheet has learned that united states champion andrade has been suspended for violating the wwe wellness policy yeah so we'll just toss that in there but really is (laughs) that that's real that's real 100 percent Okay, so that's why they did what they did on Raw tonight. So we'll keep that in the back pocket and talk about that in just a minute. Uh, let's get yep. some final thoughts on Finn Balor and Ilya Dragunov from you. Yeah, I thought it was good. I I kind of have this feeling that Balor's not slowing down per se, but I don't know if he can get to that top, top level of a match quality. So I'm really curious to see He's if Johnny older. Gargano can get it out of him. Because... Like I, like I said, this was really good. I mean, you know, I would recommend it for someone to watch, but I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time, him getting to the highest of high levels of a match. So we'll see if it happens. But I do have some – I have faith that him and Gargano will get there, though. So this statement might just be null and void. 
Let's move on to the Royal Rumble show. Uh, by the way, if you, if you didn't watch that Worlds Collide show, definitely watch that. Uh, I know I only recommended a couple things from NWA Hard Times, but you should watch the whole Worlds Collide show top to bottom. It's like a takeover. It's just great. It's two and a half hours. It even, doesn't feel too long. It's just good wrestling. Yeah, even the pre-show match was good between uh, Kaylee Ray Me and, and uh, Medium. Yeah, so, I, that was very I'll good. Watch it all. Yeah, literally just watch all of it. Uh, you you won't be disappointed. And I think another thing a lot of people probably weren't too disappointed was was this Royal Rumble show. So let's take it like we just did the last one and start at the top. Um, mm-hmm. The winner of the Royal Rumble match, Drew McIntyre. This thing was like just over an hour. I think it was like an hour and five seconds. Uh, Brock Lesnar came out first, and he pretty much eliminated every single person in the match for the first 13 people, right? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of people didn't like it. Why do you think it got such a negative response? Because people don't like Brock Lesnar and don't understand a story being told right in front of their eyes. I mean, for crying out loud, he got Keith Lee over when he looked at him and said, that's a big motherfucker. Yes, like, just by doing that and doing the stare off, he got him over. He got, he, they, they went back to the story with New Day and Rey Mysterio. They did some storytelling. I mean... He threw dudes out right away. Him and Shelton had story. Like, the dude is a, like a storytelling machine in the ring. People don't give him credit for it. And I didn't for the longest time either, but the, it's the facts. Like, you'll be hard-pressed to find dudes that can tell a better story than Brock Lesnar. And he eventually, like, you haven't brought it up yet, after the 13 eliminations, Drew McIntyre. And that story that they started right there, he sold the Claymore kick like no one has sold it before. He bumped his ass off. He got eliminated strong. He took a good bump to the outside. He made him look like a million bucks, and he made his opponent for WrestleMania in the process. Another thing that you didn't mention that happened, though, when when he took that bump was Paul Heyman's face, I thought, was incredible. He was just as shocked as Brock. Uh, they, they both just, like, they both know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and, and Brock was fantastic. Brock was fantastic. <laughs> he, he ran through... 13 people, I'll run. I'll name them real quick. You got Elias, Eric Rowan, Bobby Roode, John Morrison, Kofi Kingston, Rey Mysterio, Big E, Cesaro, Shelton Benjamin, Shinsuke Nakamura, MVP who returned, and he was on Raw tonight as well, uh, and then Keith Lee, like you mentioned. Oh, and Braun Strowman. So all yeah. 13 he got out, which Braun Strowman and Keith Lee are giant guys. Shinsuke Nakamura, Intercontinental Champion. Like you said, Shelton Benjamin. And he buried has the, none of them. Yes, no. Like, I'm sorry. I, it was, I'm sorry. It, 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 I mean, Eric Rowan and Elias kind of in and out. And John Morrison kind of in and out. But those guys, uh, they can get buried. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> like, Yeah, but they did the guitar story and Morrison did like a flip thing. Like, I'm just saying, he buried nobody and he eliminated 13 straight. You know how hard that is? I do wish that Kofi. I do wish that Kofi got a little more in. I mean, he was great. Everyone yeah. was hyped for him. The you know Kofi played it really, really well. If Kofi were the one to eliminate him, I thought that'd be really cool. But it's clear they don't want to go back down that route. So, you know, I guess I can't blame him. Uh, some describe the Kofi reign as lackluster. We'll let you guys debate that on Twitter because it's what you guys like to do. Um, but let's get back to the Rumble. Drew McIntyre, like you said, eliminated Brock Lesnar after 13 eliminations. So Ricochet actually punched him in the dick, uh, uh, Brock Lesnar, that is. Him, and then Drew McIntyre counted down to the uh, Claymore kick and then knocked him out. Uh, then coming Wasn't in. Wasn't that Claymore kick pretty? I'm oh, sorry. yeah, dude. I mean, it, I it think so all pretty, of them are pretty, like, honestly. But he, like, kicked him in, like. Brock sold it so well. It feels like he like kicks him in the throat every single time. You know what I mean? He gets such yeah. good, 
good height. I mean, they're not Okada drop kicks, but they're pretty damn close. He, he's for a right. big man. He can really throw that thing. <laughs> Number seventeen in the Rumble after Drew McIntyre was Miz, followed by AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler, Carl Anderson, and then the big one, Edge. Tell me about yeah. this return. I know you marked out for this. Oh, I absolutely did. I jumped up. My buddy was sitting by me. Uh, we're at his place watching it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I went ape shit. Absolutely loved it. And uh, just the guy in the ring. I feel like just listening to his podcast with Christian for two years. That these are. I feel like he kind of handpicked the closing ten. <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds crazy, but I swear to God, like he. Every guy in that match is a guy that he said that he wanted to wrestle. Baron Corbin, like Matt Riddle, Luke Masa Gallows, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Aleister Black, Samoa Joe, Seth Rollins. He put over. He's put over Baron Corbin even by saying his heel work's exceptional. Like he, Matt Riddle, he put him over. But Matt Riddle so got eliminated real quickly by Baron Corbin. Yeah, there was some interesting scuttlebutt about some rumors with him, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, if you haven't heard this report, Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar had a nice little confrontation, much like the reports of the Goldberg confrontation uh, from whatever yeah. pay-per-view that was a while back. But if it seems like Matt Riddle does not rub people the right way. Uh, so the yeah. report was that Brock yeah. wanted to let Riddle know exactly what the situation was between them. Uh, read into that however you will. It doesn't sound like it was a great confrontation, and I don't really know what you do, even if you are Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar comes up to you and says you have beef. So take that for what you will, but uh, it did not seem great. Were there any other big moments? I mean, I, I can't even remember, honestly, who the final four were. I, Roman Reigns, Edge, Randy, and Seth? Not Seth. It was... Uh... And, and McIntyre. Duh. He won. Um, McIntyre, yeah, duh. That's why I thought. I thought you said him, and I'm like, you just say Orton. Yeah, I got you. That was the final five. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, that was good. I thought, I thought giving, you know, Reigns dumped Edge, right? So yeah. that was that was risky. That was risky. But Edge Edge eliminated uh, Randy Orton, which got a big pop. Edge, and then uh, Drew McIntyre got rid of Roman Reigns, which like that building exploded for. I know people hate Roman <laughs> Reigns. And I don't get it at all. But that was the best decision WWE has made in years. Yeah, they used Roman's own uh, weird, like, get behind him and all that. And they're all happy. And then he gets to this point where he's like the last two and they just turn on him. But they use that against him. When McIntyre eliminated Lesnar, this is what I was going to say earlier that I forgot. I felt like that was going to be his moment. And that was it. Like, I feel like, okay, well, we know know we're going to get... McIntyre versus Lesnar now. So he don't need to win the Rumble now. So for them to capitalize on it and give him both moments was basically a strap and a rocket ship to his ass because <laughs> it's unreal. It really is. Like, I did not expect that to happen. Like, I, I think I picked him kind of leading in. I was, like, thinking he was, like, one of the favorites, but yeah, I, I didn't he expect was, he... him. He was definitely a favorite, but I was just as surprised as you when he actually won it. I think as the Rumble went on, it was, uh, you know, going down to Reigns and him, you you hoped that it would be McIntyre and you had a little bit of faith, but you never really know if they're going to give, you know, Reigns the title shot again because so many people don't want to see that happen. But like I said, I thought they played it perfectly. Um, It was just a really good Rumble. It was one of the best. Mm -hmm. In recent memory, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are hailing it as one of the best of all time. I don't know if I'd go that far. But mm. <laughs> top five, 
doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility if anyone wants to have that debate. Right. And what, what my favorite stories for Rumbles of years past is when the, the guy on SmackDown and the guy in Raw are in the finals, yeah. and they're both the likely candidates to be the champion or, like, in the WrestleMania championship match, like a 2005 when John Cena and Batista were the final two, right? And Cena was going for SmackDown, and Batista was going for Triple H on Raw, and you didn't know. And then... This is kind of that same story again where Reigns is the likely guy to face The Fiend and Drew kind of felt like the likely guy to face Lesnar. So you, you could flip a coin and go either way and they're pulling your emotions. So that's what I like for Rumble storytelling and I really enjoyed the match. Yeah, I thought especially on a day where we lost Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant and seven other uh, people tragically that this and the Edge return were it was just perfect. It was, the, it was the, you know, it was healing. It felt good. You know what I mean? It felt like WWE knew we needed a win, and they gave us the win. Uh, so it was just like I thought good it point. was a perfect Royal Rumble match, uh, if, if I can say that. Uh, if you disagree, great. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> before that, we had the women's match, uh, the Raw women's match. Becky Lynch beat Asuka with Kyrie Sane to retain the women's championship and about... 16 and a half minutes this was good you know i think that they told the story well i feel like sometimes we get a little stuck in the bubble and we know what's going to happen before it happens uh so i fully expected becky to win this but in no way was i upset i think that they are both uh great you know lynch did the the deal where she she's been getting sprayed in the face by that green mist for so long so finally she kicked oscar in the face i don't know why no one else has thought about that uh, but kicked her in the face with the stuff in her mouth, and it sprayed up, and it got in her. So I thought that was a pretty clever finish, for, especially for what they'd been doing, and it wasn't a gimmick match. Uh, so, you know, Becky won. Finally got her W over Asuka. Yeah, I thought they had good pacing, good overall uh, match quality. Asuka still remains one of the most undervalued wrestlers in all the WWE, and it's unfortunate, and hopefully they eventually strap a rocket to her as well because very few are more deserving if any and uh becky lynch i'm looking forward to seeing what she's gonna do at mania i kind of felt when she won the belt last year she was gonna keep one of them at least for a whole year so looks like we're headed down that path and uh hopefully it's not her and versus charlotte but we'll get to that eventually yeah I, i know the rumors are suggesting that it might not be but there's a lot that can happen on the road to wrestlemania so i urge people not to make their decisions so quickly uh about a lot of things in wwe and to give it a chance because frankly it's not that bad right now i mean raw is always tough to watch because it's three hours long what three hour long thing isn't tough to watch unless it's like avengers but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just, there's a lot of content, but I feel like they're doing a good job of making the best of it right now. Um, and that's all I ask, is, is for them to try their best. Uh, before that, we had Bray Wyatt beating, or I guess I should call him by his uh, his government name, The Fiend, defeating Daniel Bryan to retain the Universal Championship. Uh, this was a strap match. They said that the strap was 13 feet long. I, I don't know why that matters, and it feels like too long for a strap, but whatever. The gimmick here was that The Fiend doesn't feel any pain. Big shock. We know that. He no-sold <laughs> a lot of stuff. The finish seemed super abrupt. He just got up, killed the Daniel Bryan, and moved on. So I don't really... I don't really know 
what the point of this was. I don't know where this is going. I know Daniel Bryan was bloody red and beaten on his back afterwards. So while Daniel Bryan put on a great match, I think The Fiend, I still have the same criticisms of him. I don't think he's that strong in ring. His character is phenomenal, but he doesn't do much that gets me excited. And I'm not just talking about flippy high spots or, you know, Young Bucks matches and things like that. It doesn't need to be like that. But you need to do something, and Bray Wyatt just doesn't do it for me. Uh, you know, really? It's, yeah, it's, I, I mean, yeah. I didn't hate this match, but I thought it could have been like a really, really good championship match. But yeah. he brought it down to where it was just an average match. I actually enjoyed everything a lot besides the finish, like you mentioned. But, like, they had good wrestling. They had good spots built in. They used to strap well. Like, uh, everyone learned uh, at the Greatest Royal Rumble that Daniel Bryan uh, welts up pretty good. So, <laughs> you're going to put a wrestler in that match. He seems to be, you know, the perfect fit for the visual. So, Overall, I enjoyed the what they did, but like you said, the finish was just blah. Yeah, the finish just really took me out of it. I, I like I said, I I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was an average match. I don't know how many stars I gave it. It's somewhere on the internet if you want to check my Twitter. Uh, but I this to me just it didn't do it. You know, it felt like I the big question is when like is Daniel Bryan gonna be the one to take the belt off the fiend? Uh, because, like, this is definitely an unpopular opinion, but I am ready for The Fiend not to be champion. I I, I never thought he should have got the belt. I think the belt that he has is stupid, especially because they put his face on it. And just, you know, I guess... This, I I don't think he needs to be champion. I think he needs to be, like... It's like, I don't want to compare him to Undertaker just because they're both spooky, but, like, Undertaker didn't need the belt, Always, you know what I mean, and the yeah, fiend the rose is, so quickly. Well, yeah, the Undertaker. Sorry, I was just gonna say you mentioned the Undertaker, but the thing with him is, he the reason he didn't need the belt is because he had the belt the first time. Yeah, he, no. he only had it for two days, but that made him credible enough, which is you know kind of ruins the point of why having it for, or the fiend having it for so long. But what made him it made it so credible for him is. He won that belt. He lost it. And he didn't win it again for seven years. He's from '91 to '97. So, you're right that he didn't need it, but he didn't need it because he had it and he had that credibility to his name. Okay, but hasn't the Fiend gotten enough credibility in the match? Like he's done five matches, and here's what we've learned from the five matches: he will kill Finn Balor. So, <laughs> like that was that. He killed Finn Balor, and then he fought Seth a couple times. And what did we learn from that? That he can use a big hammer and you can't use a little hammer. So he's going to kill you with things. And if you try to kill him, like Seth Seth Rollins put him into a bed of, I mean, they were fireworks, but they were supposed to be explosions for, you know, (laughs) he got exploded and got back up and won the match. So like, what? Yeah, but that doesn't count because that was in Saudi. So oh, I mean. shut up. It was a title change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's just, it, it, it perplexes me. I feel like they've built the Fiend up to be this giant, you know, this big scary monster that could go around terrorizing people, um, and he doesn't need the belt. And at this point, who is going to take the belts off of him? Because it literally has That's to be the, the Undertaker. It has to be the Undertaker because there's no one else that could just 
kill someone. You know what I mean? Like Brock Lesnar, maybe. Well, but you really think you really think Brock Lesnar? Superman punches? Yeah, Roman Reigns yeah. at WrestleMania. Kind of feels like where they're going. We'll see. Yeah. Jeez, I don't. I don't want that to happen. I am a noted Roman Reigns mark, so that is that. That is that. But all right. So you liked the Bray Wyatt match, and I was not as big of a fan. But it was okay. Now let's talk about what I thought was a real shitstorm. Bailey beating Lacey Evans. This was oh. like the best thing I can say about it was it was a match. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get into it. It was it was there. <laughs> I mean, I followed the women's Royal Rumble and all that hate that people had spewing out. So I mean, I feel like not many people pay attention to it, but it was it was it was there. It was it was fine. Not really much to say either. Yeah, it was a case of the death spot for sure. I'll give you that. You know, it was in a bad spot. The people. People were hot for the Women's Royal Rumble, and they weren't hot after, you know, for this. Um, basically, Bailey controlled the whole match. It was like nine and a half minutes. They didn't even get to ten minutes, so it's like, I, I'm not saying I can't get invested in an eight-minute match, but it's a little tougher uh, than say like, uh, you know, the other ones got at least fifteen. Rumbles get like an hour. I know that's a different whole thing, but you know, Evans tried the springboard moonsault, and Bailey got her knees up, and then she pinned Evans while holding the tight. So. Bailey's a heel. No one really wants to buy it, but that's the deal. Uh, Lacey Evans is doing fine as a babyface, but her in-ring stuff is not up to snuff. They're overusing the kid and her husband on the sidelines, so mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, th- this was, this wasn't it. This, this did not do it for me. I had somewhat higher expectations for it, but a real disappointment. Uh, I was not a fan. Yeah, basically, second. Seconded everything you said right there, you just said. <laughs> All right, super easy one. Now, the one before this, like you said, that was a pretty hot one, um, whether you liked the finish or not. I know a lot of people did not like the finish. Uh, Charlotte Flair won the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, the big things in it, Bianca Belair went 33 minutes and 20 seconds. She eliminated eight people. Shayna Baszler eliminated eight people as well. She came in at number 30. A lot of people thought she was going to win it. Uh, we had returns from Molly Holly, Kelly Kelly. Uh, Beth Phoenix, who turned on Natalia, which is a little revenge from the last time they were in the Rumble together, and Natalia threw out Beth mm-hmm. Phoenix. Uh, there was a lot of NXT talent that was there, just to go down the list. Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart, Zia Lee, uh, Tony Storm, uh, of course Shayna Baszler, Chelsea Green. Uh, I almost said Tamina, but I realized that she's just not on TV. Uh, Mia or Yim. <clears throat> yeah, she's not very good. Mia Yim. Uh, do, 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 do. Mercedes Martinez, Candice LeRae. So basically, half the field was NXT. So that was really fun. Uh, I thought, like, you know, that it's much better to have 10 people announced for a 30 person rumble and let everyone be surprised as it comes out. There was no need for the men to have 27 or 25 or whatever it ended up being announced because there was just not a lot of surprises, even though the big surprises were great. Um, a lot of them didn't even get to wrestle in the match, though. Like the tweet that you had about Otis and Tucker. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. They uh, press F in the chat for that. But no, they, uh, they, yeah, they announced five. Like I think they announced six people that didn't end up uh, wrestling in the Royal Rumble for the men's. Oh, Most geez. notably was Kane Velasquez. They like, oh, they said him, and he just didn't. I don't know what's going on with him, but I remember him being a name. So I'm not really sure. But back to the women's rumble. Uh this was really good. Like I said, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, big stories. Uh what'd you like in this? Uh Beth Phoenix and Bianca Belair were the MVPs. Yeah? That's for damn sure. 
Beth must have had a huge gash on her head because I kind of thought she might have dyed her hair red a little bit, and then I realized it's blood. She hit her head on the ring post and just a nasty gash. She's okay, yeah. uh, but yeah, yeah. just a nasty gash. And, you know, I think Edge tweeted out that, you know, my wife's a badass or something like that. So and she, she is. Yes, she certainly is. Uh, I wish that she could just wrestle full time again because she's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe like how good she was in this match. I'm looking at it right now. She was in there for 23 minutes and I think she was definitely in the running for MVP along with Bianca Belair, who I thought just did a great job. Like her facial expressions and selling whenever someone got eliminated and someone else was coming out, she's like, damn, this is going to be tough, you know? And yeah, she kept selling it and, yeah, she did a great job and really sold me on her it factor and uh, ability going forward. I kind of still think she's in the, like, say, like if I rank the top 10 NXT females, like I would, I would probably put her in, like, somewhere from 7 to 10. But she's definitely working her way up and has a lot of potential. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think she's a great but, talent. I just feel like, like you said, that she there's a lot – there's better in, in – you know, the women's division in NXT mm-hmm. is stacked. So there's just a lot more – uh, ahead of her, but she will get her time. She's got a championship match coming up soon. I think of the next takeover against Rhea Ripley. I don't know if she's going to win that. I'm pretty sure she won't. Uh, but this was a big push, you know? They see something in her. They wanted to give her something. Uh, this will make that match credible. Uh, her, Bianca mm-hmm. Belair and Alexa Bliss, they kind of played the Iron Man. I mean, Bianca Belair was the main one getting all the eliminations, but Alexa Bliss hung in there for a pretty long time, so that was good. You know, she had some good spots with Nikki Cross. Liv Morgan and Lana eliminated each other, which led to a match on Raw, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. if there's anything else that's uh, real important from this. Naomi made her return. I can't I can't go without uh, mentioning that. I, I popped huge for Naomi. Um, really? She stayed yeah. in. She was eliminated, I think, like fifth to last, so... Uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. You know, I, she, she did her athletic spot where she like almost got knocked out, but she clung to the side of the barricade, climbed up, walked across all the announcers tables, yeah. laid one of the, whatever those, you know, those banner things that they have on the announcers table. She laid that to the Mouse steps and got to the steps. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah. that was, that was interesting. That was like the Kofi spot that we, that we didn't get in the men's rumble. So I thought that was pretty fun. Um, and I hope that we get to see more of Naomi cause like, to be honest, I, she got taken off TV when the Usos were going through all of their trouble. And I think that's really great uh, that she got a break and assume, like, you know, we assume she got to be with her husband, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, I think it's time to get her back in a title picture because a lot of people, especially after this, a lot of people are tired of seeing the same faces. So let's get to that matter. What did you think about yeah. Charlotte winning? Was that the right move? Because I know I, I tweeted out, I simply tweeted out. Are you happy or mad that Charlotte won the Royal Rumble? It was like 90% mad, wasn't it? It was. There was like 160 replies of people just telling me how much they fucking hate Charlotte. And I gotta be honest, I don't hate her as much. Now, I know you said something today. I don't know if you want to expand on that, that you think that she would benefit Mm -hmm. from a break. Uh, You know, what do you think about Charlotte right now? Like... I love her. Like honestly, I do, and it's. I'm just really. I'm getting. I'm getting where everyone else has been, and I'm getting sick of it. I really am. I mean, I don't need to see her face, Becky. I don't need to see her face, uh, Bailey. I don't need to see her face. Any of the horsewomen. I don't need to see her beat up Oscar again. I don't need to see her 
kick the shit out of Sarah Logan or Natalia or I, I just need a break. And I feel like she needs one too because her, you could see it a couple months back. She's kind of got like the boo-boo face gone a little bit now, but she, you could tell that she wasn't all in. And if after WrestleMania you can give her a break, I know it's crazy to say it till up leading up to Survivor Series even. Yeah, I think it really benefited her because the Tyler Reigns that people are already getting bitch, pissy about, that really doesn't bother me because I, I figured since day one, I figured this would be a thing. So what about her father and all that? But she just needs a break. I can't, I don't even know what else to say. Like, you don't think she does? I know you said you disagreed. No, not in any way. I don't think taking someone off, like, I think the idea of the best way to get someone over on WWE television is to take them off of it is stupid. Okay. It's like Roman Reigns. What about him? He left with cancer, came back and they cheer him now. But guess what? When they thought he was going to get, no, no, no. When they thought he was going to get a title shot last night, they booed him. Did you hear Raw tonight? They booed him. They don't give a fuck if he had cancer. They don't care how he came back. They do not want Roman in the title picture because okay. forever they're going to say that you, he's being shoved down your throat. Forever, and it's going to be the no. same deal with Charlotte. No. Forever, that's bullshit. But as, like he had the break, even if it was cancer, it's, that's real shit, and I get that. But he had the break, and then they brought him back, and he wasn't in the, he hasn't been in the championship picture yet. Yes. And it's been almost a year. And now and it's really benefited him. I know. In what way? In what way has it benefited him if he's getting booed when they think he's going to be put into the championship? You watch the SmackDowns? Yes. You watch the SmackDowns? Every week. Every time he comes out, he gets the biggest pop of the fucking night. Uh, great. Just because the Royal Rumble has all these marks there. Because he's against fucking... Baron Corbin. Not even. Before yes. that even. It's been since it's been since September that he's been getting the biggest pop every night. No, he got he got the pop because he returned and everyone wanted to be nice. But that um, was back in February. I told you he had a six month sympathy break. That last okay. little summer right, slam. So let me get this straight. Your argument is that people should leave if they get a bad reception from the hardcore. No. So what what's... special situations? They're to the level where it wouldn't affect them, but it could benefit them by giving them a break the audience a break from them and themselves. No matter what, when those two talents come back, they're top of the fucking card and it doesn't matter. We're not talking about fucking like some Dana Brooke or some shit. We're talking about the best of the best of the WWE booking. Uh, that's not what I've been told. I've been told that Charlotte's only good because her last name is Flair. I never fucking said that. Well, lots of people <laughs> think that. And that's my goddamn point. Well, is no one, If she leaves and when she comes back, those same people are still going to hate her. No, those same people are still going to hate her. And they'll, they'll be wrong. But and the sec- they're wrong now. They are wrong now. And that's they my are, point. She doesn't need everybody. to be out of the title picture. Like, she just... She actually <laughs> does. You, you people are just getting worked. Like, she's a heel right now. I know I said that I, I, I didn't really know what was going on with her in that promo tonight. But, like, she's good as a Which heel. And she's good at being the person yeah. who wins and you don't want them to win. And, like... I. I just think that her leaving is a mistake because she'll come back to the same vitriol. If she leaves and comes back and works in the mid card for a while, she won't get hate. But until she goes back into the main event, which you know she's going to be in, of course, then she's gonna get booed. You, then, so I don't know why you okay, would leave you could do just the to same get booed story. later. You could have her go away. You come back, give her the pop, and then she just turns on everybody and be's a heel anyways. But maybe it won't be like the 
the nasty hate, maybe they'll actually boo her because she's but a heel. I, that's what I'm just, saying. The nasty the hate is only from people who think they're smart on the internet. Which is a lot of morons. Like, yeah, I'm, but I'm it's not the majority that. of wrestling fans. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's like, I don't know if you know this, but it's not the 2.5 million people who are actually watching the show and buying the merch. And no, that's no, no that's kidding. who they yeah. need to listen to. That's why Roman Reigns never got thrown to the bottom and they kept doing it. Because guess what? He sells money. People like him. Like, it's not like... I know this. It's just... And that's why I think a break is a really bad idea. I really think a break is a terrible, terrible idea. Just because... She would still sell merch if she wasn't there. No that's shit she, she would. <laughs> but like, she, like, unless she wants to stop wrestling... She should not take a break. You're you're saying that she should take a break so she can be more over when she gets back. And I'm telling you, she will be the same amount as over. Because the people who like her will still like no. her and the people who hate her will still hate her. She'll get the cheap pop at the beginning that everyone gets when they return. But eventually they'll tell her that she was shoved down. Everyone will say that she's being shoved down our throats again. And that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Let's just ride it out. It'll be fine. She's going to win. She's probably going to win a title at WrestleMania. So she's not leaving. <laughs> I get what you mean. I get both sides. I'm just saying, I think it would actually benefit her more than you think because you can see she she wears her face. She hasn't been in it for a while now. Like, the Rumble, you can see her face. She got in it, blah, 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 today. But, like, I'm she sorry. really hasn't did you been just, in Did you just, so. you really think she's, you think she's not in it when she wins the Royal Rumble? I like, just said she like, was. I'm talking about leading up to it and everything else the past, like, Four months, you could read her face where she just hasn't been completely all in. You could just—I I feel like I could tell, but I—I—I I, I, I think that's made up. And I like—you <laughs> said she had okay. a boo boo face. She's—I've never seen a boo boo face on her. She's got a resting bitch face, but I mean, don't we all? Like, I just think—I—I uh, I think this is—I think this is a crazy conversation because there's so many people. I mean, I'm not saying you're one of the people who hate her. You know what I mean? You like—you get it. But there's a lot of people who are just like, like, fuck, we had one kid saying that she, that he, you know, if she tore her ACL, he'd be happy about it or something. Fuck him. Like, fuck that, dude. Come on. Like, yeah, fuck him. It's, it's just like, let's calm down. She, she's a heel. She won the rumble. Get over it. Before this, we had a false count anywhere match. Roman Reigns beat Baron Corbin. Uh, this went 21 minutes. It went all around yeah. the Houston Astros. Uh, arena and it ended on top of one of the dugouts i thought this was okay for what it was i mean it wasn't great but uh i, I enjoyed it for what it was yeah like you know what i mean it's just one of those we're gonna go beat the shit out of each other they put him put baron corbin in a porta potty and knocked him yeah. over but he came out without i have you ever seen a porta potty on wheels you ever seen one they didn't drop any fluid I, that's what i'm saying dude like like who who like <laughs> Oh Who's getting worked by this? Like one, yeah. I will never get in a porta potty on wheels because I think the worst thing you could ever like picture is with your pants down around your ankles taking a shit and and a wheel breaks. Yeah, bro, and they're pushing you. Could you imagine shitting on the go? Like I don't even like to go on airplanes. That's that's weird. I'm not like that. Like yeah, I would never step into. I mean, I know he got thrown into it, but it was so clearly a gimmick because you know, like, put a little brown stuff on him, or like at least at least let him come out wet, <laughs> like or the fluid from a porter potty or whatever. You yeah, know, the blue, blue stuff. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just it was very clearly um, a gimmick. Uh, I thought this was like a two star match. It was just a match. Um, it was better than Lacey and Bailey, but 
not by a lot. Uh, I'm only disappointed that they didn't have wires on them and pin them on home plate, but, you know, missed opportunity, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, there are lots of Astros jokes uh, being made if you looked at all the signs and stuff like that. And uh, real quickly, I don't think we're going to talk about it too much, but during the kickoff show, Sheamus beat Shorty G and Andrade beat uh, Umberto Carrillo for the United to retain the United States Championship. And there was a rematch on Raw. So anything about the Sheamus match, real quick? I overall I enjoyed it overall. I'm kind of disappointed that Sheamus just didn't return in the Rumble. And I guess if that would have happened, he would have been overshadowed by Edge. So I get it, but. Man, they really started off with this stupid-ass angle. So, not a big fan of the angle, but that's whatever. Yeah, I do not like the Shorty G stuff. And it feels like Sheamus could be spent spending his time doing other things. So, that's whatever. So, on Raw tonight, uh, they hyped up the Edge comeback pretty much the entire show. Um, if it wasn't clear, they were trying to draw the rating. They were trying to keep your eyes on the television so that you would stay tuned for Edge. And I think we all did. So let's talk about that main event, and we'll work our way back just like we did just now. Or we'll start with the main event, and then we'll work through the show. But Edge, at the end of the show, he comes out, does his fireworks. Um, it felt just as big as – well, not just as big, but you know what I mean? Like it was still a really huge moment. Uh, for him to be back on Raw, even though he returned in the Rumble the night before. Uh, the crowd was just completely gaga for him. Welcome back. Welcome home. Uh, you still got it. You deserve it. Things like that. Uh, just all over. Edge was real genuine. You know, he thanked them. Um, he got the yes chant for the first time. He thanked Daniel Bryan for the yes chant because last time he was here, there wasn't a yes chant. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty cool thing to note. Um, Edge is no dummy. You know, he, he, knows, he still knows how to cut a promo. He's still really great. Uh, and then, of course, we had the Randy Orton angle, which I'll let you kind of uh, break down and talk about. But Randy attacked him, did a bunch of stuff with a chair, uh, beat the crap out of him, hit him with the RKO. I thought this was awesome. We're getting, we're probably going to get Randy and Edge, right? Looks that way. I mean, it's it's nice that he gets to work with someone that he has history with. I know a lot of people want to have the new matches right away, but I'm okay with it. I mean, Randy always deserves a big spot at Mania, so... With Edge and him having history of the past, they mentioned a rated RKO and all that. I kind of had some hopes that they might do like a tag match first, but I'm okay going right for the heat and jumping right to the angle. And I enjoyed Edge's promo and the energy, and it's always been one of my favorites. I mean, he doesn't have a fault in wrestling. Like, great promo, great worker, great seller, great psychology, psychology, psychologist, great athlete side like he's everything he's what you want and randy orton is no different so you put them in the ring together you're bound to get something really good hopefully and i know people were freaking out about the chair spot with the neck and the concerto or whatever mm -hmm. but the thing is if they're doing that you know that he's in a good place so i had no worries and it's just nice to see that genuine emotion and energy from Edge, and we don't get to always see that from Orton, and you could tell that he was he's all in on this as well. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, really I, I thought most of this was really, really great. The one small – well, I have two nitpicky things. Uh, so the, the chair spot, like it looked like he was going to, you know – 
do a thing with him with the chair. And then mm-hmm. he sat on the corner, and then he didn't do it, and then he did something else with the chair, and it felt like he kept talking to Edge and kneeling down and, like, saying things to him. There were lots of talking moments, and I don't know if we're supposed to think that he was, you know, talking shit to him or something like that, but it really felt like a lot of communication, like something went wrong. You know, I don't think Edge got hurt or anything, you know what I mean? They would have shut it down right, right. then and there. Um, but it felt like something about this segment was a little off, and I really can't... Uh, put my finger on it. Maybe we'll hear something about it. Uh, but it just felt mm-hmm. like there was an audible called at some point. What that audible was, I'm not entirely sure. Um, so hopefully I'm wrong, you know, and that this went off without a hitch and I just got worked. Uh, but the part that I didn't like, um, which is something that I nitpick on a lot of things, and I'll do it on any wrestling show that we watch, but the baby face didn't get any help. Uh, you're telling me that there are people in the locker room that grew up watching Edge and didn't think, well, we have to go out there and save him? Is Randy Orton that imposing? No one on the roster's ever beaten Randy Orton? No one likes Edge? That just rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, No, I thought about that as well. But, you know, I get the moment. I get the moment. I get the setup. You know, I I don't want to see Edge every week. I'd like like things to feel uh, important. But Mm -hmm. overall, for a main event segment and for three hours and five minutes... Of my time tonight, this was absolutely worth it. Um, I'm very happy that Edge is back. I doubted it the whole way until he came back, which is usually how I do things, unless there's something that I know is confirmed. Um, and I'm happier for it. I, 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 I refuse to believe that Edge was coming back and that he was going to be cleared because it's just not something that you... Like, you don't want to wish that for someone. You don't want to wish that someone has, like, a career-ending injury and is going to... You know what I mean? Unless they're 100%. Like, you just don't want to wish them back into the movie ring. Movie stuff, dude. Yeah, it really is. And and it's crazy right. that him and Daniel Bryan uh, did it so close together. Uh, we, you know, there's a couple other people that have uh, been hurt that we would love to see do a match. I mean, Stone Cold probably comes to mind. Um, I don't know how a match would go with him these days, but one more match, mm-hmm. Stone Cold. Uh, people Christian. would... Yeah, Christian. Tyson Kidd. To a, yeah, Tyson Kidd to a lesser degree. I mean, not even to a lesser degree. People love Paige. Uh, people love Nikki Bella. Men mm-hmm. and women, lots of injuries. Um, if medicine is getting to a point where we can fix these people and help them get to where they can safely compete in the ring and perform in the ring as artists, as Edge called it, uh, wrestlers are art. He got to say wrestlers, which was exciting. Um, but <laughs> I got if we are at that point where medicine can help these people uh, – get back to what it is they love doing and what we love to see them do, I'm all for it, okay? I have no issues with Edge coming back as long as he's healthy and I have no reason to believe he's not healthy. I Did I get scared uh, when he took the RKO and immediately grabbed his neck? Sure. But I also got scared the first time I watched Daniel Bryan start to wrestle again from the concussions. Uh, and now I don't think about it. So that's that's how this will go. And um, I don't know a soul What's that's... selling, though? Did oh, yeah. Grab his neck. What's selling? Oh my god, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I feel the way I do about that man. <laughs> like to instantly go for the neck, and you're a little bit ago you're talking about Orton and how he didn't originally do that one spot. I feel like that might be the spot they do the night before or the the go home show. Yeah, where he puts the chair over his neck and maybe that's when they do that. So. This is going to have a good story build to it, and I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I wanted to see AJ, and maybe I wanted to maybe see him versus Seth, but I feel oh. like I get those matches anyway. So I forgot to so. mention, AJ got hurt in the Rumble. Um, 
Apparently, yeah. he I don't know if it was when, at, when he took the spear, but you can if you rewatch the rumble, you can kind of tell AJ called an audible and got himself out of there. Uh, looks like his shoulder. Um, don't know how serious it is from the reports that I've read. There's a chance that it could keep him out for a while. I don't know if that means he could miss Mania or not, uh, but I'll update you guys on the next show when I know more. And, of course, at MSC Pro Wrestling on Twitter, I will be the first person to tweet something out as soon as uh, it is reported on. So let's jump mm-hmm. to the uh, beginning of Raw, not to cut you off on your Edge love fest there, but we do have to move on. There's a lot to cover today. Uh, but the beginning of Raw, Drew McIntyre opened. I know you asked, you, you put a poll up on Twitter asking who should open uh, Raw, and a lot of people wanted Drew McIntyre to do it, so I was happy that they did it. Someone, uh, I think it was another podcast, the Kenny For Your Thoughts podcast, so I'll give them a plug, listen to them right now. Uh, but they, they, they were commenting on one of our posts, and they said, you know, they made a real good point that the people who ended the show last night with the fans happy should open the show up today. And that is just good, clean logic. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. To me, that that's how wrestling works. And, you know, is I, I often people will comment on our stuff and tell me their ideas. And I always ask, like, why? Or, you know, well, what got you to that point? And most people can't tell me why they want a certain thing to happen or to play out the way it does. But this makes sense. Start the show with the thing that went home happy. So I I like Drew McIntyre starting out. He did a two-on-one match with uh, uh, the best tag team in the world, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. He squashed them in about two minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good way to open up. Do you like like Drew McIntyre as a babyface? Are you buying him? Are these promos working for you? It's definitely working for me. Uh, I think that... It's a change-up because you know, normally the big muscular guy, you know, that's like a monster yeah. as a heel. But yeah. I like him as a baby face because he has that story of his past, you know. He's, yeah. Like they mentioned it. He's never had a single match for the world title. So I'm all for it. And I think uh, to bring it back to the poll, I think they did it in the right order. I think they should have opened with that. I think they should have closed with Edge. And yes. I think they should have threw Charlotte somewhere in the middle. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it all of that. I think they did their best to keep ratings up, especially on a night where ESPN aired uh, Kobe Bryant's retirement game where he dropped 60 points. And, uh, you know, that was that's something that's going to get a lot of ratings because people need closure for something like that. You know, we talked about it at the top of the show, uh, just how much it affected each one of us. So, you know, that that's strong competition. But, you know, Raw, I won't say they put on a great show, but they did their best. Uh, to keep people interested, and I think opening with Drew and closing with Edge is the right call, just like you said. Uh, yeah. Rey Mysterio and MVP had a match. MVP apparently is going to be doing stuff with WWE. How about that? Yeah, I seen that report, and I was reading a lot of the comments and tweets, and people uh, they mentioned on the show that his uh son his favorite wrestler he's said they said his son's five and his favorite wrestler is ray so my idea for him would probably be to have that match with ray and then he just wrestles with a bunch of younger guys that could use a nice uh hand you know in the ring so that's what i'd probably do with them for however long they are planning on doing that did you think mvp looked good tonight solid i mean you could tell he's older but you know he still has his basic fundamentals and he, he i I feel like they gave him the Ray match because of what they said on commentary, but after the, today, I feel like he'll be facing a lot of younger guys like a, 
Humberto or, uh, you know, just guys like that, younger, who could use some uh, more of a veteran presence in the ring with him for a, a match or two here or there. Yeah, that's. I mentioned this on Twitter, and I, I'm not trying to take shots at MVP or anything like that. I, I, you know, I, I like him. I think he's a fine wrestler and all that. Uh, you know, his stuff back in the day, ten years ago, was was super awesome. Um, and you Even mentioned, five. yeah, you I'm mentioned sure. that he was, you know, he was doing stuff with uh, New Japan, winning the inaugural Intercontinental Championship and things like that. Uh, but that was that was a long time ago. Um, that was like seven, eight years ago. Uh, and we yeah, are TNA stuff was four. Yeah, and, and we're at a point where, uh, you know, I, I watched him recently at, I can't even remember the promotion, but I, I want to say them because I want to put them over, but, like, Atlantic, Coastal, something, wrestling, I don't know. Um, Google it, and you'll be able to find it. Uh, but it's down here um, near Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I've seen him wrestle a couple of times with that promotion, and, like, you know, he's one of the better ones on the show, but it's, it's a high school uh, gym with 300 people. It's definitely him being back in WWE is a step up for him. I don't know if he needs the money or something like that, but he uh, he's back. And I wasn't particularly impressed with this match tonight, but I, I don't think like I don't think he's here to put on bangers. You know, like you said, he's here to be a good hand. And I think um, WWE probably wouldn't bring him in if they didn't think he could do that. They have a pick of people that they could bring back or keep away from AEW or however you want to look at it. Um, so MVP's back for a reason. It has to be. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, he's always been good on the mic as well, so maybe they're getting to the point where they, maybe they want to bring back managers. Because I could see him being a pretty good manager as well. Oh, he didn't do a lot of talking tonight. (laughs) Well, well, obviously. I'm just saying, like, his history of promos and all that. That that would be, that would be a better spot for him, you know what I mean? He's, uh, he's very... He's, you know, he's not the best on the mic, but he's not bad by any means. And he, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but he's he's exuberant. Exception. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of uh, personality. You know what I mean? And he knows mm-hmm. how to, he knows how to put that across to the people on the mic. Which at the end of the day is what wrestling is all about, right? Like conveying your character to the people, however it is. Uh, so that was cool. Alistair Black yeah. defeated Kenneth Johnson in 33 seconds. Black won quickly with the Black Mass. I don't know what else. You know, like great, he beat a jobber. And then he... Uh, I like his promo. Yeah, the promo was good, but I felt like he could have just gone out there and cut the promo. Why did he need to kick someone in the face for 30 seconds? Whatever. Good I, point. <laughs> just, you know, it's, I just like, I get that Raw is three hours and you need to fill time, but we did go five hours over. I mean, sorry, five minutes over uh, tonight. And, like, <laughs> Aleister Black beating Kenneth Johnson in 33 seconds with their entrance, like, I feel like that's about two or three minutes that they could have cut out and still made time. But whatever. The promo was good. He says he's bringing the fight to Raw, so no more hiding in a closet and waiting for Buddy Murphy to knock on his door. Um, this, this is, I think it's time for the Aleister Black push. What do you think? I'm all for it. I mean, so many options for him. I mean, if his mic work is to the level of tonight, I believe that he has the ability to get himself over. Before tonight... I never really liked any of his talking, but something about this promo tonight really sold me on him, even though it was only like a minute, two minutes, whatever, but he really did a good job, and you could read his face, and he had good, he had good energy to it. Normally, he just comes up quiet, and he just went out there tonight and just talked, and it's all we can ask for, really. I mean, he showed some charisma. He already has the work rate. He has the character, so let's, let's see what happens, and 
Let's get him a match like against some top-end guys. Yeah, I think that this promo today was like a lot better than the stuff that we saw while he was in the chair. You know what I mean? He uh, mm-hmm. like it, that stuff seems so scripted and heavy, and this just felt like he could read the crowd and he could, you know, he he could cut a promo for lack of a better term. So I'm all for this. I'm all for Alistair Black. I think he's great in ring. I think he's great on the mic. I think he can be basically what Drew McIntyre is, just maybe like a year delayed, uh, you know, two years delayed, something like that. Um, he's just great. So, yeah, thumbs up there, uh, except for the match that mm-hmm. seemingly happened for no reason. Uh, Seth Rollins okay. and, yeah. <laughs> Seth no Rollins and Buddy Murphy cut a promo. Uh, next, they were talking about – um, being close, to, well, I, I say they, but as you astutely pointed I just out, they did. Buddy that, a promo? Bu- yeah, Buddy did not talk. Uh, Joe <laughs> and Joe off. and Owens came out. Um, well, why did it piss you off? Why? Why is it a problem that Buddy Murphy doesn't talk? It makes him look like a little bitch. Like at least try, like you're building him up, make the image of him look like it could be on the level of Rollins. You make him look like he's his little. Left nut or some shit. Well, isn't that the idea that Rollins is the Monday Night Messiah and that he this is his disciple, care. that this is his person, that this is like his Make follower? All right. I mean, I think it that I think Buddy Murphy's going to have his day. I think that he will. Yeah. He'll have a match. You know what I mean? That could be the Mania match: Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. I'm okay with that. It's too early. Yeah, it is too early. But down the line, I almost guarantee we're going to get it. So I feel like that's that. Owens and Joe cut a promo. Um, you can, I think you can tell that Owens still kind of has like a hot mic, you know? Like they let him say they don't really script his promos as heavily. And they, you know, a couple months ago it was reported that he get he gets a little more creative control uh, on promos and things like that. And you can kind of uh, riff a little bit. So I felt like there was a lot of this going on. Um, but then they put together a match. And the big news of the match, I guess, here is that <laughs> Samoa Joe... Went for Again. a suicide dive and just took it. Like no one caught him, nothing happened. It was, it was just ugly looking. Um, they showed the replay uh, after Joe was forced to leave by officials. Presumably he was knocked out, but we're not really sure. Uh, Joe was shown mm-hmm. like they showed him leaving, but he was refusing help. So I, I can't tell how much of this has worked, how much of this is real. Um, you feel like even if Joe was concussed or something like that, that he would play it like a work. You know what I mean? Because he's a he's mm-hmm. a professional. Uh, he's good at his job. Yeah, the, I'm just so I feel so bad for the dude because he just keeps getting hurt and banged up, and he grinded for so many years, and I just don't know if his body's starting to fail him, and maybe he should just go to commentary full time or what. But it's starting to become a real issue, and I I'm not I feel really bad for him because he's one of my favorites of the past fuck, two decades really so it's just it's just tough i mean his body could just be starting to fail him and like or and he's been unlucky i mean buddy murphy should have probably caught him better on the dive so it's it's tough but then again i can't really blame buddy murphy for not catching a 300 pound missile diving at him so yeah then we had a uh, becky lynch backstage uh i guess interview is that is that what happened? I was I was not really yeah. here for this, but I think Charlie interviewed her, and I saw the GIF, which is uh, people have some words about the GIF. Uh, but Becky Lynch has a goat, and the you know the initials goat written on her jacket. Uh, once she turns around at the end of this promo, and people are hot. 
<laughs> that she is calling so, herself the goat. So, uh, I mean, whatever. Taking that shit too serious. <laughs> yeah, dude, I thought it was just fun. Like, yeah, me too. Like, I don't know like, if you know this, she is but she's not the goat. She is terrible. Yeah. Oh my god, she ain't even close. How disrespectful! Like, will you all calm down? Yeah, it's like I, surprise. Wrestlers are gonna call themselves the goat. Like that's just how it right. works, you know. I mean, <laughs> Jericho's been doing it for like three months. Like, I mean, there's a bit more of an argument, I suppose, for him. But twenty years. Yeah, it's uh, you know, that's just how it works. It's okay. I, I, I'm cool with it. I think people need to calm down. Like you said, uh, this wasn't the worst thing in the world. Now, if people want to get hot about this, I'm okay with it. They gave us a rematch for no apparent reason of this Umberto Carrillo and Andrade match. Uh, it ended in DQ, so they did the injury angle. Uh, Zelina's hand, like, so Zelina did like a dive onto Umberto, and then they got the DQ. And I guess Umberto was so upset that he gave him. What did he give him a hammerlock DDT into the exposed concrete under the mat? Yeah. Yep. Repaying the favor. So I mean, yeah. So it's good. I think it's okay storytelling. It feels like the same deal as the Bobby Roode thing, like you said earlier, Andrade. Uh, I guess has failed. Uh, the wellness is, is, is. I guess he had a test and didn't fail. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a drug thing, um, you know, PDs or if like. like no, I, I don't, let us know. Like I don't really know what it is they bust people for and. It feels like we haven't had one of these in months and months and months or years, and now we have two in, like, back-to-back Three. months. Well, two are on the same day, and then this is the third one. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, well, it's only a month because he still has plenty of time to get back in the mania groove, but obviously they have enough faith in him and belief in him to keep that championship on him, so... That's a plus for him. They could have just had him lose it tonight and then, then drop this news after the show. So that has to be somewhat of a positive for him. Yeah. Besides his test. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, in a, in a month, are they going to pick it up and then give Umberto Carrillo the win? Or Andrade? You know, what, what what's really, what's really going to happen with him? And, uh, you know, of course, he's engaged to Charlotte. So there's there's that, you know. Who really knows? Like, I feel like Charlotte wouldn't be like would be upset for someone failing a drug test. You know what I mean? Or I guess it's not drugs; it's the wellness policy. So who knows what that is? But um, mm-hmm. I get just you know it's a real bizarre situation. So we'll have to see how it plays out over the next week or so, and get back to you guys uh, on the next show. But we'll keep an eye out for whatever goes on there. Uh, we had a Charlotte Flair promo. Uh, she came out in her gear, pointed at the sign, uh, reminded us that she won the Rumble in case we forgot about it. They aired highlights from the match, and she announced that she's going to challenge for a championship and laughed, and everyone was upset with her, so this made me think she was a heel. But then the heel Asuka and Kairi Sane came out and started yelling at her in Japanese. Um, so, like, they could do – I think it would be smart. To, like, have Asuka and Charlotte do a little more and maybe do the turn there. Have Charlotte be the bad guy and Asuka be the good person. You know, because, like, I feel like Asuka is a better babyface and Kairi Sane is a better babyface, even though they're great heels. Yeah, I don't know what she is. It's kind of weird. Charlotte does have the most annoying laugh, though, so that definitely makes her a heel. <laughs> but then, 
like you said, Oscar came down. They had a good match. They always do. They have great chemistry. I wish uh, Kyrie would start getting used a little bit more. But all right, well, she was used and, in the finish. She's the one who caused the DQ, yeah. right? Yeah, it was. It's fine. <laughs> she does have the prettiest elbow, elbow drop you'll see. But yeah. Um, and then, uh, what, so, so I, I joked about this, but Kyrie Sane started beating the crap out of Charlotte. And if you remember at that TLC match that they had against the Kabuki Warriors, Charlotte and Becky mm-hmm. did, uh, you know, Kyrie got concussed and Charlotte didn't, I guess, know or anything. And she was putting her through a table, but that image is seared into my head of Kyrie just clawing, trying to stop Charlotte and be like, no, I don't want to take this bump. I'm messed up. So I felt like this was a little right. bit of revenge. Um, but, you know, I, do I think WWE wanted to tell that story? No, because <laughs> they're not going to acknowledge a concussion. But whatever. Right. That was fun. Um, I'm not so upset with the DQ in this match. I don't like that we have, like, back-to-back matches uh, with DQ finishes. That feels a little cheap. Similar ones at that. Yeah, yeah, super similar ones. So I, I just feel like yeah. that wasn't the best move. But overall, um, Charlotte and Asuka, I'm never really going to – be upset with that matchup, even if it has happened before. So I I was cool with this. Yep, same. Overall, they set up for Charlotte to pick who she's going to face. Like you said, that the rumors are leaning towards Bailey, but who knows? And I wish it was a fresh opponent for her, but it doesn't look that way. So moving on. <laughs> Then we have the Street Profits do a backstage promo. I don't know what the hell they're doing with the Street Profits. It feels like they were really hot for a while, and then they just have them like beatboxing and singing. And uh, Angelo Dawkins is about to have a boy uh, with his wife in real life, and here he is hitting on Kelly Kelly. And I can't, I can't blame him. Uh, Kelly Kelly looks good. She. Uh, yeah. I looked up her oh, age. Shit. I was wondering if I had a shot. She's still about ten years older than us, so. I don't I think so. Say, what, 32? Yeah, 31, I think. So I, we, we, 32, oh. 31. So, hey, she's a lot younger than I thought. Um, following the Street Profits, yep. we uh, had Mojo Raleigh and Riddick Moss, who I don't <laughs> think anyone has seen or a lot of people didn't know the name of. I had to be reminded that it was Riddick Moss uh, from NXT. But I guess that's the deal now. Uh, he beat the shit out of No Way Jose to retain the 24-7 championship. They called it a title match, but I distinctly remember the rules being explained that it cannot be defended in a match. So what are the, like, what are the rules? I don't know. Okay, all right, good. As long as, as long as no one knows, that's fine. I just didn't, I thought, yeah. like, every now and then they slip by, and, like, uh, Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton were on commentary tonight, and I didn't even know that was a thing, but apparently they announced that at the Rumble last <laughs> night. So... Bye, Vic Joseph. That. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like he's he's fine, but Tom's a little bit better. Oh, Mike? Tom is much better. <laughs> but I mean, Vic Joseph. Vic Joseph was not the problem on the Raw commentary. It's it's <laughs> it's the King. It's Lawler. He does not need to be there. Yeah, he's just weird. He he mixes better with Tom Phillips. Like he does well. Like past, that's because Tom well. is used to Vince yelling in his ear all the time. But you know, <laughs> you'll get that when you work SmackDown. But anyways, back to this right. 24-7 deal. This was over quickly. You know, No Way Jose, I don't know if he's ever won a match on the main roster, so he got squashed in 24 seconds. Raleigh cut a promo. The idea is that, you know, there's no more bullshit with the 24-7 championship. It's going to be, he's going to defend it. Uh, he's going to, he said something like, I'm gonna, including, you know, I'm going to defend it, including your mom's house, because this was no longer the hide-and-seek title. So I, 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 
apparently he's banging all of our moms. Uh, but yeah, that's that's whatever. Is this a, when's the last time he won a match? Well, right I mean, now like, he beat, he beat No Way Jose. <laughs> So I'm saying on TV, like I'm not counting 24/7 run around. I'm talking about inside the squared circle. It's been a while. When's the last it's, time? It's been a while. Yeah. Um, you but, mentioned that Riddick Moss guy. The only thing I know about him is uh, NXT has like these combines or some shit, and he's yeah. like the combine warrior. <laughs> no, so. I mean he was impressive, but I just there hasn't been a whole lot of him on NXT. So I'm happy they're doing something with him. Um, you know, people remembered him, so there's that. It's always nice to see a familiar yeah. face, even if it's not like a super famous one. Uh, but after the match, the hamburger from No Way Jose's uh, conga line came into the ring and rolled up uh, Mojo Raleigh for the championship win. They counted the one, two, three, and he takes off his costume, and it's R-Truth. Uh, so R-Truth is getting ready to celebrate, and uh, of course— I missed that. That's hilarious. Did you really? And, uh, Rid- <laughs> yeah, I missed that last part. Riddick Moss is standing there, so Truth is uh, trying to get out of the ring and sneak away, and Riddick Moss is in his way. Uh, so Truth just hits like a little dance move. Of course, behind him, Mojo Raleigh is getting up. Mojo schoolboys him, and he has the title again. So it looks like Mojo and R Truth, like we're gonna have to get some payoff for them. But I, they could stretch that thing out for months. So uh, years. Yeah, like you know, who, I mean, who knows? I hope they make the twenty four seven title a little more important. But that's that. Uh, then we had Liv Morgan and Lana in a two minute and thirty eight second match. Liv beat Lana. Lana didn't do much. Both of them looked very good um, in an attractiveness standpoint, not necessarily in the ring. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, like this feels like a Vince McMahon wet dream uh, mixed with a Paul Heyman wet dream. You know, Lana and Liv in the ring together. All you need is a little bit of mud, but I, I don't really, like, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing this. This doesn't seem like, this doesn't seem important to me, and I can't imagine that people are invested in this. Uh, like, what? this was Rusev at the beginning, right? Like, where is he? You just blew my mind. Well, they're both banned from ringside, but you just blew my mind because Lana really is an ECW woman's wrestler. Yeah. I mean... Like you said, you said Paul Heyman. Wow. That's, I mean, that's that's the idea here, you know? they They know how to, I mean, like it or not, sex sells, and that's what they're going to do. Following that, Eric Rowan squashed a jobber. This is really, I mean, if you can't tell by the tone of my voice, right? The last three, the last three matches since the Charlotte Flair. So let's read the let's read the last couple of matches. United States Championship match: Umberto Correa Correa wins via DQ. Then Charlotte Flair beats Oscar via DQ. Then Mojo Rawley beats the crap out of a guy in 24 seconds. Then Liv Morgan beats the crap out of a girl in tw- two minutes and 38 seconds. And then Eric Rowan beats a jobber in one minute and two seconds. And we still don't know what's in that fucking cage. So, like, to say I was annoyed by this point in the show is, like, the understatement of the century. I could have done without an hour of this show. Do you care what's in the cage? No, I don't give a fuck. I was just gonna say, like, who gives a shit? It's like I hope it's nothing because at this point, like, who really cares? Then we had the edge segment, and of course, we've talked about that. But overall, like, you we opened this podcast uh, with you saying that there were lots of highs and lots of lows, and I know that you were kind of alluding to the Kobe Bryant news, which was certainly a low of the weekend. But god damn it, this hour of Raw was awful. Yeah, I mean, I. 
did lose focus. Obviously, I told you I didn't see the R Truth thing, and I kind of, you know, when Air Thrones on my TV, I look away, so I didn't get that much focus either. So really bad. But we all stayed around for the main event. <laughs> hey, Edge was worth it. Edge was certainly worth it. And that's raw. We uh, we have covered a lot of pro wrestling and a lot of news. Uh, I hope we did a pretty decent job. Uh, Dustin, you want to let people know where they can find you on the socials and whatnot before we go? Yeah, as you can tell, uh, all this wrestling, you know, we've been yelling at each other because <laughs> so much going on. But no, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at dwhead96 and make sure to follow MSC Pro Wrestling slash whatever it'll be in the future. Oh yeah, we do have a we do have a, a little bit of news I guess before we go on the website. Uh we're going to be changing our name soon. Um I'll still save that as, as a little bit of a, you know, tease for what's to come. Uh but the website from what I'm told is up and running. Uh we just I just recently got my account. We're looking for a way so others can log in so people can write articles and people can post things, but I feel like we should be up and running within the next week or so. So uh hopefully a lot more content uh for you guys and you know you can have like a website for wherever your hub is for wrestling news now. That's your new hub. Uh so keep your eyes peeled for that. Like Dustin said, at MSC Pro Wrestling on Twitter. Uh did you plug your own stuff, Dustin? Yep. D right. Whitehead 96. Awesome. D Whitehead 96, and I'm at Dave Rosenberg. You can find both of our handles in our Twitter bio at MSC Pro Wrestling. Thank you so much, guys, for spending any time in your week with us. We appreciate it. If you haven't checked out our interview or my interview with Alicia Toot uh, from Ambi, uh, you guys know her as the interview queen. I, she's all over the internet. You know who she is. Uh, she's just like, a really great person. Uh, she just signed a contract with MLW, so we talk about that. Um, but really, if you're if you're someone who likes uh, audio interviewing, things like that, you know, podcasts, uh, she, you're gonna want to hear this because she's just got a lot of. She she started her site at 17 years old. She's 24 now. She's just about our age, and she's uh, she's had a super impressive life so far. So it was a real treasure to get to talk to her. Um, so really, check out that interview. Uh, you can find it on Transistor, Spotify, Apple, pretty much anywhere that you guys listen to podcasts. And we'll be back, uh, what do you say, Thursday? Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Something, Something like, like that. that. Thursday morning, probably 1 a.m. on Thursday morning because we like to stay up and watch <laughs> lots of wrestling and you know get deliriously tired and talk about it. That's our show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.